This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hey, welcome to Captive Audience, the show where we force feed the movies we love to the people we love. I'm your host this week, Sean Roney, joined by my friends and colleagues, Alex and Edwin. Here on Captive Audience, we always show a particular guest a movie that they've never seen before, and I'm very excited that this week, both of my guests have never seen the 2006 fashion-focused comedy drama, The Devil Wears Prada. Based on the novel by the same name, written by Lauren Weisberger, I really feel like this is an important movie in popular culture, and even as it's approaching its 20th anniversary, we still see it referenced and quoted constantly. I truly cannot believe that in the 18 years since its release, both Alex and Edwin have never seen it. I love this movie so much. For one, you've got the legendary Meryl Streep playing the iconic character of Miranda Priestly, uh, actually based on the, you know, the real Vogue magazine editor, Anna Wintour. It, she's an absurd character, but I feel like I have worked for some Miranda Priestleys in my life, and I really appreciate uh, the de- the depth of the character and just I mean it is she is so much fun to watch, so memorable, so quotable. Uh, of course, it's also just so much fun to be thrust into the fashion industry, just as if we were you know Andy played by Anne Hathaway. And I think that David Frankel, the director, does a great job of, you know, creating this really exciting and high energy environment with beautiful people and beautiful clothes and beautiful designs and, and everybody's quick witted. And, and I just think this movie's so much fun. And I really uh, hope that Alex and Edwin enjoy it. At the time of this recording, Devil Wears Prada is streaming on Max. So go and watch it now and meet back up with us after the break. All right, everybody. Gird your loins. Miranda Priestley is the editor-in-chief of Runway. So you don't read Runway? No. Not to mention a legend. And before today, you'd never heard of me? No. You work a year for her, and you can get a job at any magazine you want. You have no style or sense of fashion. I, I... No, no. That wasn't a question. You got a job at a fashion magazine? Yeah. What was it, a phone interview? Who is that? Are we doing a before and after piece I don't know about? <laughs> In the world of high fashion. There you are, Emily. Actually, it's Andy. My name is Andy. A million girls would kill for this job. Lingerie. She is vicious. Andy Sachs is about to discover. She hates me, Nigel. There's a way that you can help me. Little Chris go on some fishing line and we're in business. It's not just about what you wear. What do you think? <laughs> Andy, you look so chic. You look so thin. Do I? Just one stomach flew away from my gold weight. It's about who you are. Do you know why I hired you? I see a great deal of myself in you. 
The person whose calls you always take, that's the relationship you're in. Let me know when your whole life goes up in smoke. When is it time for a promotion? People think that success just happens to you. It doesn't. You want this life? The decision's yours. The Devil Wears Prada. All right, boys. Uh, welcome out of the theater. What, do we, what did you guys think of The Devil Wears Prada? Alex? I was just about to say, Edwin, you go first this time. <laughs> uh, it was good. I don't, I don't know what. Yeah. It's funny. All right. Uh, there, you got, there you have it. <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I kind of knew what it was about. I had very little expectations. Like, or I had nothing surrounding it. Like, I didn't, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I suppose, overall, I was just, like, a little underwhelmed. Not in a bad mm-hmm. way, but, like, just because of knowing how famous this movie was and how much it is referenced and stuff like that. Like, it was, it was fine. It was good. But, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. Okay. Okay. What about but you, I liked Alex? It. I liked it. Yeah. I, this is this is kind of rare that both of you haven't seen this before. Yeah, so, yeah. This is a yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, like honestly, my entire understanding and exposure to this movie was, you know, we 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 host another podcast about The Office, and there's a scene in The Office when Michael watches this <laughs> movie and then starts treating Pam like like he's uh, Miranda, you know, throwing Steak. his coat. Get me Armani. Yeah. You're not going to Paris. <laughs> that was my whole... And that was all I knew about this movie was just that. Um, first, it pushed me away. I was like, I hate this. And then it kind of won me back. And then I ended with like, I really don't like this movie. <laughs> wow. I okay. kind of... So have underwhelmed and, and really didn't like wait, it. Wait, wait, not wait. really didn't be, like I, I should be clear. Like, I'm not really under... Like, I thought it was good. I enjoyed the movie. I liked it. I just I for you know you hear about these movies they're they're famous they have reputations over many years this mm-hmm. movie is what eighteen years old and mm-hmm. I like when sometimes when you watch them it's just like okay yeah that was, that was good you know mm-hmm. um, but I did enjoy the movie so don't please don't get mm-hmm. me wrong and I want to and let me say too it while I did not well I didn't really like it I don't think it was a bad movie and I don't think. Like, it wasn't a boring movie. Like, I would so much rather not like a movie than have it be boring in a way. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, it wasn't that. And some parts of it I did like. Um, I thought I thought Anne Hathaway was awesome. I actually, I really liked her character. One of the only characters I liked in this movie besides Stanley <laughs> Tucci. Shout out to him. He kind of saved it for yeah, me in a lot Tooch, of ways. The man. The Tooch. Uh, but... I have no nostalgia with this movie and it, it felt like a movie that relies on some nostalgia to remain good. Um, I watched it with my family here. I'm visiting my parents. I'm down in California and they had seen it when it came out and they and I told them, I was like, Hey, I got to watch Devil Rose Prada for this podcast. And they're like, Oh really? We'd love to watch it with you. That'd be great. Yeah. And we watched it. And then afterwards, my mom was like, boy, that just wasn't as good as I remember it being. <laughs> hmm. And I kind of had the like, yeah, I, hard to put my finger on it i think by the end of this episode i will but yeah um, we'll get to the bottom yeah we'll get there we'll get there but walk (laughs) walking out of the theater i'm like i don't need to see that again i don't know if i would even necessarily recommend it to somebody i also feel like alex like the 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 fashion elements fashion world fashion references isn't something you particularly care so much about you are correct Good sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're you're like and Gabbana. How do you spell that exactly? 
<laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into it, but I'm I'm willing to I'm willing to have my mind changed, Sean. Much like okay, much like Andy had her mind changed. <laughs> uh, yes, that'll be your coming of age story. Is uh, realizing mm. that the Devil Wears Prada is a, a great movie, which is my uh, uh, opinion. Lovely. Um, so before we get into the movie a little more, I'll just say that I I think I've seen this movie. This probably was like my fifth time watching The Devil Wears Prada. Mm. Um, Damn! I just think that uh, I think really all the performances are outstanding. I think it kind of stands alone as a very unique movie. In that, in my mind, it kind of is always a a romantic comedy, but it is not a romantic comedy. Um, no. It just it it has the music, it has the vibe of a romantic comedy, um, but mm-hmm. uh, but it is it's a movie from the two thousands that has a girl who lives in New York and works for a magazine. I feel like that's like the background for every romantic comedy. So many, yeah, yeah. You've got you've got the fashion show montage kind of of her mm-hmm. wearing all the different outfits. These are things that are. Um, you know, stereotypical. Like sex in the city, right? Yeah, it was coming well, out during these times. Isn't that exactly yes. what Sex in the City kind of is? Kind of. I I, I think, so. but um, it's it's uh, it's funny that you mentioned Sex in the City because a very important part of this show is the fashion, is the costumes, mm-hmm. uh, designed by Patricia Field, costume costume designer of Sex in the City. Hmm. I knew it. I knew this was a Patricia Field joint. Right <laughs> You nailed it, buddy. Um, uh, yeah, I think uh, uh, Patricia Field is um, a, a very important uh, costume designer um, because of Sex in the City and because of uh, Devil Wears Prada. And she had her she had her career in the fashion industry before getting into costume design. Um, so uh, she is a really important part of this movie, and so is the director David Frankel who mm-hmm. really kind of got his I mean he he did a lot of work before this but I think his big break came when he got an Emmy for the pilot episode of Entourage. Mm. Entourage. So HBO is kind of an important part of the genesis of Devil Wears Prada that you have Patricia Field costume designer of Sex and the City and David Frankel director of Entourage coming together to make this movie. Um it uh I think is a really important part of maybe even the nostalgia that you were talking about um mm-hmm. that uh because and and at first I was just like that is crazy that David like the you know director of the pilot of the of Entourage made this movie. But it really makes a lot of sense the more you think about it. And loves like, Adrian Grenier, apparently. Totally. Mm-hmm. He loves a, a <laughs> he, he loves, loves a good Charlesburg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and of course, and then of course Vinny Chase uh of Entourage is also in the movie. That we can't uh, not mention that. Sorry, Edward, um, was that a little cheese joke? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little Jarl. Adrian Grier, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing cheese bits i love very that. good that's good um the uh the devil wears prada uh of course came out in 2006 uh it uh the budget was 35 million dollars it made 
$326 million yeah. at the box office. This was you a that, like, massive hit. <laughs> <laughs> I even had my pinky yeah. at the corner of my mouth. Um, uh, yeah, this was a, I mean, I, you know, this was a big movie before it even happened. This was a big movie before the book, The Devil Wears Prada, even came out. Uh, the producer, the producer of the movie, um, uh, Wendy Feinerman at Fox, uh, I guess knew this book was coming out and she had seen an outline and had seen like the first hundred pages. And because of, you know, the fame of Anna Wintour, the, um, editor of Vogue. Yeah. And, you know, just like the. Uh, you know, the potential for a movie about fashion and a coming of age story of 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 this woman, like she, she knew right away, like they optioned this movie before it was even the book even hit the shelves. So and and mm. and just like the 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 quote unquote villain of uh, Miranda Priestly or, or hero, depending on who you ask, um, just seemed like a there, there's too much potential here. We got to make this movie. So huh. um so this was a big, big uh, movie. And of course, I mean, you know, a huge star power in Meryl Streep and Hathaway. Um, Stanley Tucci, I think, was just kind of somebody that people, you know, had seen before in some stuff. And um, and even Emily Blunt was was not very familiar to audiences before this movie. This was kind of her um, stepping onto the scene, of course. She now. was great. She was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's yeah. really really good. I thought her, her, honestly, uh, her, her and Tucci really were like good. saving graces for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Stanley Tucci, gird your loins. Uh, he has some of the more heartfelt mo- moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'll also say too, I feel like this movie made Stanley Tucci. Like, I don't think there's the you know, finding Italy version of Stanley Tucci without <laughs> without uh, Devil Wears Prada Tucci. Of course. That's just my sure. personal opinion. Hey, that's, you know. Mm. I guess, Sean, you said you thought this movie was a great movie, and I don't, disa- I don't disagree. I liked it, like I said. Uh, to you, what makes it a great movie? I just think that Meryl Streep's performance as Miranda Priestly is outstanding. I mean... I think the way the like the way that she speaks so quietly. Did you yeah. fall and smack your head on the pavement? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just like she is That's so all. intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um and I think too, like, I mean, learning about, you know, the design of the character kind of, you know, Meryl Streep uh chose that that white hair. Anna Wintour has like this perfectly straight, perfectly mm-hmm. uh chopped uh blonde hair um and i think they the, just what they came up with for for her and how they made her slightly different but you know it, it, totally inspired by anna wintour i think it's really interesting i think like there's a lot of like comedy in her performance too i mean she's just so i find her to be such a perfect i i kind of see her as a villain uh, I think, you know, whether, you know, I, and and I know that the director, David Frankel, says that that she, he always viewed her as the hero. 
Um, so I think that'll be an interesting thing to talk about a little later. But, um, you know, I think maybe like Anne Hathaway might be one of the weaker links of the movie for me. Um, but of huh. course, then you've got Stanley Tucci and, and Emily Blunt, um, uh, as you said, uh, just um, both uh, putting in a lot of work and and do such a fabulous job. I also love, I think that, you know, I think like a lot of people who love this movie, I enjoy the, you know, the, the maybe it's escapism or, or just like the being in the world of fashion. Um, I, I love, uh, I love, there's some great fashion documentaries out there that kind of show you that, you know, the Devil Wears Prada is not too far off. I mean, the S- September issue is a documentary all about Anna Wintour and Vogue, um, which I highly, highly recommend. Uh, I recently watched a great movie from 2014 called Dior and I about Raph Simmons taking over for Dior. Um, there's a fabulous movie called Valentino, The Last Emperor. Valentino actually makes a cameo in this movie. Um, but where <laughs> where Valentino like, like it's like kind of covering him sort of later in his career. And he has this right hand man, this best friend who's very much like a Stanley Tucci to Miranda, Miranda Priestly. And he kind of does Valentino kind of does to him what, what she did to, to Tucci at the end of the movie. Um, but I think too, like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think this movie is a lot of fun. It's kind of like a, Perfect length, perfect pacing. I, I really can't say enough good things about it. I, I really, really hmm. enjoy it. Yeah. I yeah, I kind of, you know, uh, maybe I regret a little bit what I said at the beginning. Like, like not only to say that, like, I wasn't underwhelmed. It was just like when I was done, I was, I was like, I don't feel like I have that much to say about that. I enjoyed it. It was good. Like, it, like you said, like it, it it's almost like you don't realize when something is just kind of good. You know, um, it wasn't like yeah. mind blowing. There isn't like a big twist or a big reveal. It's not that kind of movie. Right. I mean, I, I suppose right. you could call the end a little bit of a twist if you want. But um, like you said, like I enjoyed a lot of the fashion references and things like that. I actually also worked as an admin for a while. So that actually brought back some memories like I could. Oh, man, I can relate to some of those anxieties. Although to be very, very mm-hmm. clear, I was never an assistant to anybody like that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Right. Uh, but like really stressing over something that seems so minor that you can't fix and you can't change. Like I, uh, I can relate to that a little bit. Um, oh yeah, to- totally. I, I mean, that's another thing too, like these, these huge, huge egos and then kind of to be shown the other side that those people maybe with the biggest egos are the most insecure, most unhappy perhaps. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I feel like, I mean, uh, coming up in, in, uh, film production, I, I literally had a moment at one point where I was like, um, I was making some prop darts or something like that. And, and my boss, was out of the office and was like quickly like you know make these darts and and find this lambskin rug that we've been tearing apart and i had to call her and be like i can't find it i've searched everywhere and she literally said to me like i can't deal with this incompetency right now i need you to like (laughs) like you know what i mean like i've i've totally dealt with these people before and of course she was in the wrong in that in that particular case i just like you know it so i i uh there's something about um, it's cathartic watching <laughs> watching mm-hmm. some of these 
of uh, interactions. And, oh, and I just, yes, I seeing, seeing Anne Hathaway stress. <laughs> it was a cathartic oh, for me. It brought, it brought me back a little bit. And like, it got you cringing. It, it's not like I was never, like I, like I said, I never had anybody like that. Nobody was really like ever really cruel or anything like that. You know what I mean? And it's not like I was working for Anna Wintour. Right. Um, mm-hmm. But I can, I could just relate to that. Like you put this pressure on yourself to deliver. Right. In these moments. And uh, that's what I could relate to. It's like, you're trying so, mm-hmm. so hard for something that you just can't control. Like when she's trying to book the plane, there's like nothing mm. you can do, but you want to come through so badly. Like that's it's like, you that's, know, it's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. It, so it wasn't you know cathartic for me. It was fail. just like, ah, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Watching yeah. her, watching her walk up the stairs in the house mm-hmm. and, and like catching her fight, like catching Miranda fighting with her husband. That was like, I, I didn't remember cringing so hard at that scene but re-watching this it was just like oh no 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 <laughs> like, i was like yeah i've already seen the movie i know what happens but mm-hmm. it was still hard to watch yeah i had a really i had a really tough time with like the first oh i mean a lot of the movie i had a pretty tough time with to be honest um i want to i want to I wanna, like Tell feel like yeah about- i know people i know people love this movie but again i want to reiterate that like i don't think it's a bad movie it's just like it it felt like a movie designed to just not be for me in so many ways. One, hmm. like the type of character, the type of person Miranda is as like a boss and a, someone who treats employees and whatever and carries their herself. Like I'm out like, no, I, I am allergic to that type of person. I do not want to, I do not want to deal with them at all. I don't want to even be near them to the point where a fictional character like this, I, to be honest, I had zero interest in Miranda. I did not care about her. I did not want... I was just like, dude, I don't care about her. And it's it was really hard for me to like the movie when it's like... Just, I'm just like... I was so out on her right away. And I you don't get even that's like, the point. I yeah, get that's but the you, point. But like, you don't even like how she like can just... like She just takes people down like a lion. Like with, <laughs> with the cerulean... Like, right. And that the whole cerulean stuff, thing... I you know I get it. look there's other times where it's like look I actually really like the back to back monologues of Miranda gives a thing about cerulean but it's this really convoluted like just why she's just wearing a blue sweater it's like all right get all right fine sure I guess if I need I guess I wanted more of like I wanted to see her like love something instead of just like everything was just through these like steely eyes and I, at no point did i ever care about miranda and i i maybe that's just that's on me but i actually liked how they sort of had that back to back monologue of her doing the cerulean blue thing and then the next scene is uh andy like changing talking to nate and her and her apartment about how bullshit everything is how how much this job sucks and how stupid fashion is i like that juxtaposition because I, I was like all right finally we're starting to like get somewhere with this um so but part I of do, that is like I, yeah i i i will say if you're going to mention those two monologues a, a third monologue worth mentioning is is the tooch man uh in the art department talking about like being a young boy with six brothers and like skipping like yeah. football practice to read copies sew. of runway right. under the right. under right. the covers and i think that 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 might speak a little bit to what you think was missing was a little bit of like that but what about the people who like mm-hmm. 
like fashion brings them joy and stuff like that. And I think, I think in that moment too, you're kind of supposed to like, it's, it's a little bit of like a catch up. Like we're already past that part. We're trying to make it in the fashion industry now. Like, yes. And I, I'm fully owning that a lot of this is on me. I'm not like saying again, I don't say the movie was really bad. It was just my reaction to it was almost allergic where I'm just like, like I wrote in, in my notes, all caps, 10 minutes in, I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be in this office. I don't want to be around Miranda. I don't want to be around all this fashion. I don't like, get me out of this building, please. And I was just like, <laughs> I'm imagining why. You... <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining you get, you going up there and meeting Emily Blunt in the lobby and her being like, all right, come with me. And then, uh, and then Miranda. Oh Priestley God. Is like, HR really has a sense of humor. Yeah. Amanda Priestley is like, Emily. And she's like, she means you. And then you have to go walk in there. <laughs> and Meryl Streep looks at you and is like, Emily, where is my steak? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, yeah, I know. And I was like, I don't understand why she's even putting up with this job. She seems way too smart and independent to like, I just didn't buy that Andy's character would. would and I get it. She's doing the job to open doors. And then she does not walk through those doors when they open later on. Uh, anyway. Right. We'll, let's, get to some I mean, of that well, stuff. let's let's talk about let's talk about Andy for a second. Let's talk about like, you know, okay. this character and like the like, I mean, I think that there's a little I think you're you're kind of onto something where there's a little bit of a logic issue um, of of her doing mm-hmm. this job. I think it's a, a worth noting that um, the author of the book, uh, let me I'm, I'm, her name's not in front of me right now, but I'll find it um, is, uh, you know, she did work at Vogue for Anna Wintour as an assistant for a year, which is pretty much exactly how long um, Andy's supposed to work for uh, Miranda Priestly. But she sort of became a writer after the fact, right? She, she took writing. She was taking like a writer's workshop while she was at Vogue and started to kind of write down her experiences almost as an exercise and slowly it, the book developed out of that, right? So this was maybe somebody who didn't really know what they wanted to do and then so, and then kind of became a writer. Whereas Andy's a little different. She's kind of seems driven in this direction of being a journalist and then is like, I don't know, I need a job. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, and again, it's like, I, I get why she was doing it and, and the doors that are open and all that, like I said, but... Um, at some point it kind of lost me. It's sort of like a problem I have with like Greece, like, you know, the musical or the movie (laughs) Greece where it's sort of like, oh, look, she gave in to all the peer pressure and just became like the people she didn't like. And now she's not herself anymore. And I get this movie eventually sort of saves that at the end. But again, it's just Mm -hmm. like, I just, I don't know. I I think there's an, I think there's an important question there, which is, did she, did she change who she was really? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't think that Andy, like, I think Andy's the type of person. I mean, I think she's, I don't know if she becomes like an immoral person. You know what I mean? I don't think that she no. becomes Miranda Priestly. I don't even think she becomes Emily. Um, and, you know, Miranda no. kind of no, tries to throw it on her at the end that it's like, you did the same thing to Emily that I did to Stanley Tucci and uh and and you know that's not really true oh, I mean she I was laid up in the hospital in <laughs> I kind of rolled my eyes in that scene it's really it's like... funny when you said Stanley Tucci instead of Nigel 
Yeah. <laughs> what you did to my guy Stanley? What you did to Stanley? The Tucci, <laughs> man? Yeah. You would have done the same to Stanley Tucci. <laughs> <laughs> well, using the full name. You're a fan of the Tooch, I presume. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, um, I mean, yeah. Yeah. But, I, again, a lot of this stuff, it's like, I'm not really going to have much to like disagree with. It was just, uh, yeah, it was just the way the movie made me feel a lot of the time. I did not enjoy. It was also so, a little surprising to me that for a character who wants is so passionate about journalism that she finds herself in the middle of this world and becomes kind of consumed by it and so quickly becomes a part of it that she doesn't think to chronicle like it it would seem it would have seemed more logical if she was also writing a book about the, her experiences mm. but that doesn't seem yeah, to she ever was doing cross like, her mind if she know? was doing some like guerrilla journalism thing and secretly like mm. writing a piece about this or whatever that might have that might have worked more for me i don't know um i mean i mean i, I don't know it's it's hard for me because like it did all work this movie did well people love it but i i don't know i don't know i think it just i th- yeah it it's not so outrageous to me that someone like her falls into this. Uh, it's it's kind of speaks to her curiosity as a writer. I would say, I think mm-hmm. she is so, um, you know, s- surprised by what you know by what um, uh, Miranda says to her about the cerulean sweater. Right, I think she's like in that moment, like very impressed and like, is like, Oh my God, these people are very smart. Uh, and I have misjudged them a little bit. And, and then, and then again with Nigel, uh, you know, who she seems to really look up to and really respect, um, that, that he holds all these people in such high regard. She's, I think there's a little bit of her. That's like, I want to, I want to, I want to figure this out. I want to conquer this mountain mm-hmm. and understand um, and yeah. earn these people's respect and see what this is all yeah. about. And if there's really anything there. And I think that, I think that yeah. like what she learns is that there's something there, right? At the end, we kind of see her um, interviewing for a new job and she's, she's not wearing exactly what she would wear to, uh, to runway, but it, but she's got a big necklace and like the hairdo's a little different and like, you know, sure. she's she's in she's in a dark uh, dress or something like that. And it's like you can see and that Nigel like, compliments she, that outfit she put together, you know, at the right, end. She's right. like, I think my job here is done. Like, you know, yes, she, like she was open minded and she, um, you know, she actually was one of the only people who kind of had empathy for for Miranda, which is kind of like, I think, an honorable char- character of hers. Or characteristic mm-hmm. of Andy's um, that she at no outside of that first rant she does to Nate. She never really says bad things about Miranda. Everyone else does. Everyone else is like, oh my God, she's the worst. But she doesn't really. I think also it's worthwhile to mention or to acknowledge that like, she you know, she's coming out of college. That is how she pitches herself, at, le- at the very least, you know, having been, you know, going to Northwestern, having been the editor at the newspaper mm-hmm. and stuff. And she has that scene with her friends where they're all talking about their jobs and how like their jobs kind of suck. Like they're in that kind of period of time when you're grinding a little bit, you know, like you're finding your way in your career. And it's not just that her job is a job that millions of girls would kill for or whatever they say, which Um, is said multiple times. They they toast, they toast and say it to jobs that pay the rent. 
you know? Yeah. 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 And so it's like, I think she is, she realizes how, I don't, I don't want to say fortunate, but how like, how, um, maybe rare it is to get this chance, you know, for someone who isn't, uh, the, what, what does she say? Like the fashionable slender sort of girl that she always hires, right. To be in this, to show that she's in this position. So it doesn't, it's not too surprising that she like is going to at least, you know, try, um, to keep this job and keep this world. And I, th- I think this really in speech is really impactful. Like it is, it is like probably, a, I mean, I imagine it's kind of one of the things that people remember the most from this movie. Um, cause it is interesting because fashion can seem so inconsequential, um, and maybe maybe it's a little bit of an overstatement to be like, you know, we do this to influence billions of people and it was picked just for you. Like, I think that's, you know, a bit of an overstatement. But there is an element of like, yeah, it, of, of influence. You know what I mean? Like that, like it is true. Like by the time by the time I think a lot of people find things that are trendy, they've been trending for a long time or like they were popular many, many like seasons ago, let's say, you know, because mm-hmm. um, it is interesting to watch how those things kind of happen and trickle down. There's a really interesting Instagram I follow called data, but make it fashion. And, uh, they like pick out trends and things like that, that they see and like things that are on runway shows and stuff. And it's like, what, uh, like how these things can be seen or monitored or measured, let's say, um, at different times in the fashion world, the fashion cycle, that kind of thing, you know, Mm -hmm. I also kind of was hoping, yeah, go ahead. No, I just to, to sort of reiterate that I think yeah, the economics, the kind of scale of fashion in that way was was interesting. I mean, even with the um, what's just the Holt? What was his name? Something Holt? James Holt? Yeah, James design. Holt. James Holt. Yeah, like that. He goes from you know showing her his collection to this financer comes comes in and is like, I'm going to make him a global brand. That global brand then goes into department stores. And those department stores then trickle down. It's like, oh, I get that. Where this is sort of where this fashion starts and how it eventually gets down to you. And like, great. That's great. I guess that the Cerulean speech, I was a little eye rolly at it. It it felt very self important from from Miranda in a way that was like, okay, like hang on, you need people to buy these things. So like, it goes both ways. Number one. Number two. I lost my train of thought. Thank you. <laughs> well, hey, no, I, I, hey, wait, I have something uh, that I, yeah. you know, I'm cur- I was really hoping that, uh, you know, we have Meredith giving the speech about Cerulean and its influence. I was really hoping that Stanley Tucci would give a similar speech about corn chowder. Corn chowder, <laughs> eh? Interesting choice. Originally developed yeah. in the oh. 1930s by <laughs> chefs. <laughs> wait, hang on. I, 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 remember, I remember what I was going to say. I guess, I guess in that, I guess the, sort of that speech was a placeholder for. I thought something else that I that I, I kind of looking back now that I needed was like I almost wanted a scene where I could see Miranda like why is she so revered why is she the person why is she this expert that why does she have this job that no one else can do and I almost wanted a scene where like Andy is watching her and Miranda doesn't know and she's like making she's doing some work that is really interesting or she's she's adding her opinion influence in a way that isn't just pursing her lips and walking out of the building and everyone's like oh my god oh my god she pursed her lips and i'm just like i i just i didn't i didn't see anything like that from Miranda in the whole movie um and it was all implied i get it 
but I, I could, I that was just something that was missing for me. That's uh, that's okay, but I do think that you you know there's uh, you do see it in how hard she works and how she's just constantly constantly thinking about her next moves and that she needs to talk to this person and this person and like you know keeping up her appearance keeping up the momentum of uh of making mm-hmm. sure that they're they're changing things quickly and staying on trend and all these things i think i think that i think that is demonstrated a little bit in in maybe more maybe it's more in how people treat her and but um yeah i mean i don't I, know i just get i just she kind of had the steve jobs thing of just like you're just yelling at people to do their jobs better and like i want to see you do the job man i want to see you like i just wanted to see that i guess but th- again edwin like you pointed out because this movie is around this world of high fashion which i just again look i like golf okay i get it Go- people hate golf golf is stupid i get it why people would be like oh this movie's about golf fuck this i don't, think, I don't, I don't give a shit many people hate golf <laughs> but, no but i just they do oh they about, do oh they do if there was a movie about you're talking about your wife there's people who would be like i just didn't care <laughs> yeah People would just be like, I just didn't care. I didn't care about the golf. I don't want I, this person doesn't mean anything to me. And that's just sort of how I feel about fashion. So I, I get it. Like, it's just the, the fact that it was this high fashion world just added this thing where I'm just like, I'm already I already didn't care. And this isn't helping. This I is This the, is a bit of a this is the equivalent sorry. of Sean watching. Um, it's like if Sean watched Hoosiers. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? One time I did watch Hoosiers. <laughs> you don't you don't that you don't relate to I Jimmy thought. Chitwood? <laughs> this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh in this movie we're talking about somebody who lives a very busy life in New York, has a boss who's constantly hounding her. And it could be a very, very, very stressful time. Uh, A lot of things that she has to attend, a lot of galas, a lot of work meetings. I'm willing to bet Andy's social battery is very, very empty and drained and that she needs to be able to set some boundaries. These are the kind of insights that therapy can give you, the self-awareness to build a healthy social life that doesn't drain your battery or make you hate your coworkers or lash out at your friends. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com captive today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot captive. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. 
Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Might I ask, uh, I mean, was there, was there anything that... Um... Were there any parts of the movie that you did like, Alex? Was there? <laughs> yeah, there was. There was. I, this is. I, this is not. This. This is unlike me. I, I'm usually not such a hater, but yeah, I, I don't. Again, it's okay. I, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's not. It's it not enough. for you. We've acknowledged this. Like you're not the target wasn't audience. Wasn't for me. Like, no. No. Yeah. But I, I mean, like all good. the references, like those references, like they they probably didn't do anything for you. Like, I mean, but like most right. of the references, or at least, I mean, granted, I don't know every single reference, but. The majority of them were like real people, real designers, real, you know, um, yeah. people. So yeah. it's like, it's interesting because uh, I, I guess I read this a little bit that like many of them did not appear, many of the designers and stuff did not actually appear in the movie because they were a little worried about the, you know, uh, yeah, Anna Wintour, Bob, I guess that's at least that's what's written, that you was, know, um, right. right. And but well, but it is interesting that like all the references and stuff are made. And it's like, if you don't know or care about those things it's like it doesn't mean anything that she has to go to hermes and buy a bunch of scarves or whatever right but that's catnip for some people right Mm -hmm. edwin i think that's i think you touched on something also that's really interesting that's like uh, some people didn't want to have anything to do with this movie and a lot of people came out and said anna wintour is nothing like that you know this is like you know clearly this is a satire but like you know this is totally told from an outsider's point of view and this is nothing like what the fashion industry really is like. And then there are other people who came out and said, this is exactly what Anna Wintour is like. This is exactly what the fashion industry is like. Um, so uh, I, I thought that was interesting just in that. I think, you know, even even Meryl Streep is, you know, pretty blunt about that. Like, oh, yeah, you know, Anna Wintour is an inspiration for the character and everything like that. But mm-hmm. um, but uh you know, there's a lot of like, but it's not Anna Wintour. And, you know, it's it's a satire. Remember that. And, you know, so. well, like to what sure. extent is like, I mean, look, I, I don't know well enough, but it's like to what extent is that a persona? You know what I mean? That is mm-hmm. like a, it's a public mm-hmm. persona. Right. Versus who knows what it's actually like in the offices of Vogue, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah we yeah. never see a side of Miranda Priestly that is like, l- like genuinely laughing with people, genuinely comfortable like even at home, right? She's always trying to please her twins and her husband is like, you know, feels like he is, uh, you know, he, he, what we catch him saying at one point and he's like, is he's like, he's like, I know that the other people in the restaurant were thinking there he is waiting for her. Right. Which of course leads to another divorce. And we, we kind of, and that's when we get, um, sure. I mean, you know, look, the scene, I really, something I really did like Sean was like, I really like that scene between Miranda and Andy where, where, you know, she, you can tell that Miranda has been crying. She doesn't have her makeup on and she tells yeah. him about the divorce. Like mm-hmm. it was like, I was like, finally like a human scene with Miranda. I've been waiting all movie for something like this that I really liked that scene. I thought that was really good. Um, I, and there were a few things. There were a, a lot of different scenes and moments. I really liked some of the, there were a lot of humor, like, I I really liked Emily's character. I thought she was really funny. Yeah. Like she played it up. They just turned it up to 11 of like, 
that character in that job. Um, and I thought she, she, she represented a lot of like really good, really good moments. Mm-hmm. And that character is so mean for no reason. <laughs> it's so well, mean. She's mean. She's mean because everyone's been mean to her. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, mean, I guess that's it's true. A, she's, for, it's yeah. just, it was, I remember watching it. I was like, this is like, she's really going at her for nothing. Like she's like, yeah, I'm going to Paris and you are not like, that was like the, to- the tone of a <laughs> lot know. of it. It's like, all right. This, yeah. My lunch <laughs> is 20 minutes like... and your lunch is 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> right. She makes yeah, that yeah. face all the time at her. And it's yeah. like, and it, yeah, it's, it's a classic hurt people, hurt people situation there with, with Emily. Ah, yeah, very true. Very true. I do brutal. love right right in the beginning when we get uh, Stanley Tucci. He's holding up the binder next to Anne Hathaway and he What's goes, that? What's that? <laughs> and <laughs> Emily Blunt. Someone like, eat the onion I... bagel. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is a bold yeah, choice. really mean. Okay. Regardless of your, of your field of study, you don't have to be in high fashion to know that an oniony breakfast is maybe not the best thing to eat before a job interview. No. I- uh, on your uh, first yes. day, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. ag- again, yeah. Like, <laughs> I had the French onion soup for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, corn chowder's coming up next, <laughs> dude. Just totally. Like, and Andy could not be less prepared for this interview. Yeah. She doesn't know who Miranda Priestley is. Like, what? <laughs> what is going that's, on? That's so funny. Isn't that hilarious for someone who's a journalist? She has no idea who she's about to talk to. Right, and there's. <laughs> We're we're into the internet That's age. Crazy. By this time, she you could look no this totally. She does no research. <laughs> I know. Look it up on your sidekick. It's kind, girl. Of, it's kind of funny, actually. Now that I think about it, Jeez. it's kind I of have no. Right? I have no idea why I'm here. I have no idea who I'm talking to. I don't know what this I job know. is about. I have never yeah. read Walkway. I... Yeah. <laughs> walkway. Runway. Runway. <laughs> walkway is the uh, tech. Walkway is the tech theater magazine. No, wa- yeah, wa- Walkway is a construction magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly about scaffolding. <laughs> Very different movie. <laughs> um, I there is a there is just like there's some ridiculous. Uh, hypocrisy at times from the characters, which I enjoyed, which I thought was funny. Mainly, um, there's this scene in Central Park where they're doing their like, they're like women in the jungle shoot or whatever. It's like a where yeah. they're like an animal oh, yeah. prince and stuff. Ridiculous. But at one point, Andy goes over to talk to Nigel, and Nigel says to her like, "Whoa, can we adjust the attitude?" And I'm like, "What the fuck? Go look in a mirror, dude! Like you've been treating this girl like shit ever since the beginning. Like it's like, whoa, watch the attitude. I'm like, you are the snarkiest guy in that whole office, please. Um, he's he's earned it though. He's earned it. She hasn't earned it. Yeah. All right. But I also uh, think there's, there's a, a little of... bit of like their that's kind of their dynamic, right? Like it's a little bit of how because yeah. she does she just it kind of rolls off of her, you know, because that's like the yeah. way that they interact. No, I I I enjoy I enjoy, I enjoyed that. I was like, oh, that's funny that he's saying that because mm-hmm. yeah. that's kind of his whole calling card. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. Uh, I counted three montages in the first half. That's a lot of montages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's an aggressive amount of montages. Um, you got the opening of everybody getting ready. Yep, you have the montage of Miranda coming in and throwing her coat, ah, and yeah, Andy like one. getting better at the job, and then you have Andy's fashion sense growing, mm-hmm. watching her coming in in all sorts of different outfits. That's all in the first mm-hmm. half. Mm-hmm. A lot of montages, but that's what that was the times. Um, How else are you supposed to glow up? Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, 
tough, tough few years there in that era for for just soundtracks. Like soundtrack was not not great. Ah, so two thousand. So much of this movie was so two thousands. I loved Dude, it. I, where yeah. I, I graduated to. high school. The movie the the year this movie came out and. Uh, yeah, I would. I don't miss. I don't miss that music. I, I'm not pining for that, that. That again. That's for sure. You know, it's funny. I actually um, kind of in the opposite boat. Like I yeah? find myself sort of nostalgic for it now. And uh, mm. there's a there's this really great uh, account on TikTok that I follow. Is this guy who's like, does anyone else remember? And then like he brings up like this random song from the 2000s, and he's like, how they wrote this great hook for this pop song. And it's like, man, I totally forgot about it. But it's like one of those weird singer songwriter he writer he hits from like 2007. Whatever and I'm like you know it, but like it it's interesting because for a very long time I would have been like yeah who you know that music was disposable it's on the radio at a shopping mall or whatever and it's like who thinks about that so much but it is like fun to look back at it and be like you know what no like there's a reason it was good there's a reason it was popular right um, yeah. so and I'm not trying talking about the soundtrack with this movie specifically like I don't pine for every one of these songs let's say but there is something yeah. about 2000s era music to me that is becoming very nostalgic. And maybe it's uh, yeah. maybe in my advanced stage, I'm just a big softy, but you know, yeah. Maybe it's the uh, recent uh, Usher halftime performance at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, did, yeah. That did kick Maybe up I'm the one who got it bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Where, should, where do you want to go next here, Sean? Well, I, I think um, th- there's some other things worth talking about here. In recent years, uh, the internet uh, collectively have decided <laughs> that uh, Vinny Chase, uh, aka Nate. <laughs> Nate, aka Andy's boyfriend in the movie, sucks, and he's a bad boyfriend. And let's talk friends, about the men. Her friends suck. Let's talk oh, about the devil the men in this. It. Okay, let's talk about the mm-hmm. men in this movie because yes, I thought you were talking about entourage. Issues. Okay, yes, issues abound. Yeah, so, uh, uh, sorry. I, I like to call. I like to. <laughs> I just can't. I always think of him as Vinny Chase. That's uh, mm-hmm. I can't. I can't look past it. Um, uh, and the mentalist yeah. as the, as the other guy in this movie. That's right. <laughs> Who I only What's ever think Simon, of as being Simon on Thirty Bate. Rock. Simon Bate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm the mentalist. Uh, the, <laughs> the mentalist. Uh, wow, I forgot about that. Uh, <laughs> It's in that movie Margin Call. Uh but yeah, let's let's talk about this let's talk about the emo boy that is Nate, shall we, who really is mad about his birthday in his late twenties. Um, strawberries. And his expensive strawberries. <laughs> Although I for did like his sushi, he makes, like, for a guy who's a sous chef, he really burns that grilled cheese, don't you think? And it <laughs> that is that thing greasy. is a crisp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, mm-hmm. Also, I I actually really the one I'll start with the one thing I liked about Nate is the he's like he's like look I spend all day making port wine reductions I, I'm not exactly or he's like I'm not exactly yeah, curing yeah. cancer like I like the self awareness there mm-hmm. of just like yes I have also a very New York job where I reduce port wines into sauce um, so yes Nate he's starts off there's the scenes with all their friends that kind of establish the friend group right that's the cheers to jobs that pay rent um everything seems pretty good and peachy at that point actually kind of like their dynamic when they start out they're Mm -hmm. good at kind of ribbing each other it is it Um, is kind of helpful that there's one friend who's like i know who that is wow that's a big deal yes right 
Yeah. Yeah. Rich Rich Summer, uh, of course, mm-hmm. from Mad Men fame and, and many other things. And The Office. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but like they they kind of like first of all they're they're they don't really explain why but they're sort of all like a little disgusted that she's gonna go work in in fashion like this is a bad mm-hmm. uh thing um and and maybe and rightfully so confused right because this isn't who she is at all mm-hmm. um but you know I mean certainly when you see stuff like she's giving them a whole bunch of stuff that they all want and, and then, then immediately turn and then immediately turn around and take her phone. Which I hated that. That was so frustrating. Like she just so gave her a like, very expensive bag, and that the way you respond is to prank her. You know, right? With the very thing that—that's how you got the free yeah the stuff. thing that you were just very like, excited to get. Yeah, let her cook. Let her work. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, yeah. I mean, you mentioned he's very upset about the birthday. Like, let's you know, come on. He does the thing where he waits. He waits up for her to get home. And she's like, "Can we talk about it?" And he's like, "I'm going to bed." And it's right. like, "You just waited, <laughs> like, right?" If I got home an hour later, you would have still been sitting there. <laughs> like, like, how long did you wait? And then immediately, so just dramatic. Go to bed. It's it so passive aggressive. Yeah. What a prick! He's <laughs> 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 <it's> like, <sighs> "I'm going to bed." <laughs> done that, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> uh. There's also, there's, uh, yeah, there's also like, you know, she's really energized by this job. Like all of a sudden she does have kind of a sense of direction. She has a very, like you can see growth. Um, Mm -hmm. She cares a lot about it. That means nothing to him. Right. And, and, and I mean, I think that one thing that maybe could have been addressed at one point is how many, how much of these clothes are you buying and how much are coming out of the sample closet? Uh, that could have been maybe a real thing to have an argument about. Uh, yeah, he's just not very supportive. And I think it's worth noting too, that as a, you know, as an up and coming cook in, in like New York fine dining, he probably has an extremely demanding job. Mm-hmm. Or, a, or, or in a, an unpredictable schedule. Yeah, exactly. Dan was saying this too. It's like if you work as a, if you work in kitchens at all in New York, your hours are insane and weird. Like mm-hmm. for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think that was the point of his character was to also have this complex work thing going on on the side. Yeah. but but it is I mean, a little like yeah, yeah. it's I, to I, be I, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. It's to be expected that in this movie, with her becoming more consumed by her job, that the, her relationship would deteriorate a little bit like i think that's what you would expect right that's but they probably could have treated it a little differently or maybe a little better with the different scenes and exchanges that they have Mm -hmm. and nigel says that like oh you you know you're getting good at this job when your personal life just completely goes to shit basically right tell me when Um, yeah your personal life crumbles yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. so i think this was this was obviously foreshadowed but um Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, Nate and and Nate's. It's it's also funny that they just have this like comically handsome guy, who's always there, available for her, helping her at every turn in her not, career. Oh, oh, you mean uh, Nigel? Yeah, yeah. Not, uh, no, no, uh, Christian. Ah, uh, Christian. Yeah. Um, you know that that guy. Mm. He's yeah. So th- at the same time, you have this like other guy, this like. It's like these two 
it's not a devil and angel on their shoulder. It's just like two devils. Mm-hmm. Um, and they both wear Prada. You know what else? <laughs> I wonder a little bit. Okay, so this movie comes out in 06. And it, it definitely like... It, like a lot of these figures, right? So uh, Miranda, Stanley Tucci, like they talk about, you know, like their whole thing is about work and their career and their life. And this is kind of the whole thing. They, she says, like, is there anything I can do after, at the end of that divorce scene? And Miranda says, your job. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's what mm-hmm. she's going to do, right? In the wake of these these things in their personal life, they're going to go back into work. Like that is what the thing that they do, the thing that they always return to. And is the thing that is caught at the, to the detriment of maybe their personal life and relationships, you know? And I yeah. wonder to what extent, like, like you said, you graduated from high school when this movie came out, we were in high school around this time, like between now and then, like, I wonder if this idea of, and, and granted, Andy is like repulsed at the end by Miranda and she decides to leave and these kinds of things. She turns away from that world, that pursuit. But I wonder to what extent, like, cause now I think it seems like we know a little more about mental health, about work-life balance. Like people aren't like, obviously there are still people who are really consumed by their jobs and stuff. Um, and I wonder how much that was, I wonder if it was more relatable in 2006 to be consumed by your job and think that's the most important thing mm-hmm. versus the way it is now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, I think, it's definitely a badge of honor for everyone there, which is like, look right. at how hard I work. I'm obsessed yeah. with this. My personal life is shit. That's how you know I'm good. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely not not how it is these days. I mean, I can. I mean, I don't know about you guys. I can relate to that a little bit. I feel like sometimes I'm guilty of like, like I have to think to myself sometimes. It's like, like you give you you give a lot of yourself to work because you're proud of what you do and you want to do a good job mm-hmm. and you want to you know like you're you're pursuing your career you know and it's like drawing right, the lines right. and finding that balance can be really difficult sometimes right uh, yeah i mean edwin you you uprooted your your life, and, life. and moved for your career to right. <laughs> to another Twice. continent i moved and my... imagine and imagine some some young new assistant coming in and being like what's all this goofy stuff about and you <laughs> care? you know, you'd be this? like yeah. listen bitch <laughs> that is true. I say that a lot. Uh, I did uproot my entire household and move it across continent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a household of one, in case you were wondering. <laughs> but but uh but yeah, I don't know. Do you guys do you guys struggle with that at all? Oh, I mean, yeah, I I, I work in a very um I, I work in a pretty competitive I- intense environment and 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 they're are you know i think some of the some of the biggest egos in our career uh, of uh, of film production and and um i think i meet a lot of people who kind of have this sentiment of like oh i you know i i've uh i wanted to like you know start a family or whatever it just never happened you know i'm I, I you know i just kept on working and you know i love what i do and and uh, and and i really don't you know I think that for some people that is that is it and 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 they and they mm-hmm. really like that is their passion and and that is what gives them fulfillment in life and I don't think that there's anything um you know i I think that there's a I mean, you. I think I. I, I don't know. I, it, there's like Stanley Tucci and, and Meryl Streep are kind of two sides of the same coin in a way, right? Uh, he's also kind of given up 
like he's also dedicated his entire life to his career. But but the way he's done it is it's not evil, right? Like it kind of is with Miranda or it's mm-hmm. like it's so cold with her, you know, people don't really matter to her. And and I think that um, I mean, I meet a lot of wonderful people who who uh, have have um, have dedicated their lives to their 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 passion in in mm-hmm. in film. And I think that like that all seems so familiar uh, with with those characters in and it, all, all the way to, you know, Emily, who is, you know, sort of the lowest of the low. But she takes her work extremely seriously. And it, and it, it's because she believes in herself and believes that she's going to get to a point one day where she gets to be the Miranda. Um, mm-hmm. I think, too, maybe what yeah. like I think you put it very well, Alex, when you said badge of honor. And like, I think what this movie does a good job of is it sort of draws the line at like when you start sacrificing other people or treating other people poorly like as part of your thing, like that's the line that gets crossed. Right. So that's what Miranda does that causes Andy to be, to turn away from this life that sure. she seems to be um, like drifting into and more and more becoming a part of is like, that seems to be the line that is crossed. She's like, you're the, you did the same with Emily. Right. I did the same as Stanley Tucci. Um, <laughs> and uh, like, I think that maybe is the line. I think maybe this movie does a good job of that. Or, or it, I think it, it, yeah. it's a, like that's the yeah. thing is it's like every, yeah a lot of people are consumed with work they give a lot of themselves to their job um, that a million girls would kill for or whatever right that they that they always say um, but that seems to be the line is when you start to sacrifice other people for your competitive rise and and Andy when when Andy does walk away from this and throws her sidekick in in a <laughs> fountain she, it comes right after that conversation where Miranda's like you know I see my a lot of myself in you, you yeah know? and it's like you're like. It, it's I don't think it's any coincidence that, that her being told that is the is the wake up call of like, oh, shit, like she's and, and I, you know, to Andy's credit, she's like she knows that Miranda's wrong. She's like, no, I'm not. And here I'm going to show you like I'm walking away right now. She's um, like, do you want and do you she does dye- this earlier? She, what, she's, what's like, that? she's like, do you want to dye your hair white? The other girls can call you Mirandy. <laughs> <laughs> wow uh yeah i think all that's (laughs) i i i think that is is, is like a message of the movie like i'm glad it ends with that i'm glad it doesn't end with like yeah (laughs) if it was like the ending scene was yeah andy like putting white white hair dye and like cutting her hair and be like oh god but she does you know she she, and, and she she makes a very heartfelt apology to Nate and and you know it ends and Emily it ends in a in a pretty good place and she gets that job and um one last thing that I was like come on is like really Miranda or the the guy that hires Andy at the end at whatever mm-hmm. publication it is says that she like he got a fax from Miranda herself as a reference I'm like bullshit Miranda faxed something herself she hasn't done a <laughs> thing herself this whole movie no way. <laughs> Emily definitely um, sent that fax. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, she she st- she stole some stationery from her desk and sent it on her own um, from the future. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean the messages in the movie were like solid, if not a little, some platitudes in there, if not a pretty pretty ham fisted messages here and there. But again, this was two thousand six, and again having no personal history with this movie, watching it for the first time, it was just like got it 
you know, I've, I, I get the message. Um, but you know, it was, the, you know, the writing was a little clunky at times. I thought the script was a little clunky here and there, but overall the performances were good. Like Meryl Streep was really awesome. I mean, she was a kind of, mm-hmm. she was nominated for an Oscar, right? This movie. Uh, yes, I, I do think so. I, think... I, I don't have that in front of me, but, um, uh yes uh mm-hmm. she yeah Meryl Streep was nominated for for best actress and best costume mm-hmm. design uh Patricia Field was nominated as well Patty Field <laughs> um speaking of a uh, costume design I mean one thing that stood out to me like okay like you said we were we were uh you know in high school around the time this movie came out uh and it's funny to look back and think that this movie came out almost twenty years ago. Um, and maybe, maybe you guys relate to that or maybe not, but like, because it doesn't feel that long ago, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm only 21. How could this possibly be 20 years ago? Um, <laughs> but like, I wonder you know, it's so much, I, this movie was so 2000s to me and I really, really enjoyed it. Dude. Like there's, uh, the music you she mentioned. She has the most 2006 ass hat on. I know. Oh my God. Well, the, that was the, the one the bangs outfit wearing that hat. Past, it's like off to the yeah. side. It's just yeah, like, wow. Hat. Oh my like, this God. is like a Paris like a fit from Gwen like Stefani. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, yes. like the, train conductor chic. The I yeah. the Mac desktops and stuff with like the big picture of the flower mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. just like oh. wow, this brings me back. It's, it's such a way. Um, just hit hard. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't like, I mean, I, there are a lot of reference, but I, I also think that for a movie that makes so many references, it doesn't like. I mean, it is incredible. In some ways, it's incredibly dated, but it doesn't also like. I don't know. Sometimes other things from that that era can feel so much more dated. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or do you not agree? Do you think this movie isn't incredibly dated and it feels that way? No, I I, I agree with you in that it, it doesn't feel like this was that long ago. Yeah. And maybe that's just yeah. because of our particular age, but it's mm-hmm. it's. Uh, it, it it feels very recent. I mean, even, like, even yeah. you mentioning the Mac computers, it's like, it's like, part of me's like, is that not what they look like anymore? <laughs> I remember, like, I remember. <laughs> the keyboards are not that. You have to, you have to be old enough loud. to remember a time yeah. when phones were like really unique and different in all their designs, and not everything was either the iPhone mm-hmm. or the Samsung kind of uh, right. design. And because like I remember Sidekicks, I remember Kelly Rowland texting on Excel during the Dilemma video. Oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. We had the How Motorola we Razor. We had, yeah. yeah, we had all kinds of crazy mm-hmm. phones at the time. I had a selection of Nokia's. Yeah, back in my mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to ask you guys. Like, obviously, we need to award some Dundies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. But I think one thing that is interesting to discuss about this movie is. Um, do you think they're Harry, how how the... they actually got the Harry Potter manuscript? No, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, do you think that Miranda Priestley's a villain? Yes. Yeah, I thought you might say so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She I know I don't care. I mean, if you want to say if the director wants to say she was the hero, fine, but like I'm sorry, I just I didn't buy it. I thought I thought Miranda is a complete narcissist, total egomaniac, and not a very good person. Mm-hmm. Edwin? It depends. Okay. Yeah. I think it depends on your on your point of view and yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. What do you think? People I, who treat 
people who treat their employees like that and other people around them like that. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're a villain. I don't I don't, I, I don't care. I, I definitely don't think that Miranda Priestly is a nice person. Um, and but I think that I think hearing the director say that he didn't that David Frankel, that he didn't think uh, of Miranda as a villain is important to how they told the story and important to Meryl Streep's performance. And uh, I think that some of the really interesting parts of the movie are when you see Miranda being vulnerable, when you see her arguing with her husband at the house, when you see her without her makeup and kind of upset or uh, very upset in Paris because she's getting another divorce and what is everyone going to say about me? And I think there are moments where they they try to rem- like, yes, you know, Anne Hathaway is kind of who we're following as the hero of this story. But Miranda Priestly is up against everyone and they want to take her down. And, mm-hmm. you know, she is um, again, she's she's very, very passionate about her work and she's going to do everything to hold on to it. And. In you know, I always kind of remember the end of the movie as Andy getting out of the car and walking away. And I never really remember. It's almost like an epilogue. What comes yeah. after that, you know, that she kind of ties up things with her boyfriend um, that, uh, you know, she kind of makes amends with Emily. And then finally that Miranda recommends her for the job that she actually wants. Um, you know, and I think that I think that when Andy like gets out of the car, you know, yes, Meryl's like Miranda just did something really awful uh, Mm. to, to Stanley Tucci. And, you know, and, you know, it's the last thing in the world that Andy wants to hear that she's going to be just like her or she, you know, that, that Meryl Streep sees a little of her in herself. But I think, I think in that moment, it's more of just, I think what's more important is Andy realizing that this isn't what she wanted. This isn't why she got into this, right? She doesn't want to be Miranda. She wants to Mm -hmm. be in journalism. (laughs) So I think, you know, it's, it's a little bit of like, you know, she's just kind of decided, like she's just realizing at that point that it's time for her to get off the ride and, Mm -hmm. uh, and move on with her life. And, and, and she, she, She's better for yeah. it, and she learned, and she grew, and uh, um, she came. She became yeah. more independent, and um, and and also too, I think like there's a little bit of like she learned not to to judge. Uh, like I mean, she's kind of judgmental of all these people in the fashion industry that she's scoffing and thinks it's so ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. like you don't know anything about this lady. Like you don't like. You haven't like this wasn't your like, you know, your um, your comfort blanket when you were growing up in a in a in a in a situation Mm -hmm. where you didn't, you know, kind of what what uh, what Nigel says to her in his speech. Um, And I think I think. I think that they did such a good job of of giving her, um, you know, humanity as a as a villain. Uh, And I think, you know. I think you can still say that she's sure. a villain for for all that, but I think that it's it's um it's uh, worth it's worth 
thinking about. I, I mean, I, I want to point out that like villain because a villain, the character of the villain in anything, does not mean they're they can't be redeemed or have any redemption at all. Like, yeah. there's a ton of examples oh, of yeah. villains, and look at book seven of Harry Potter that comes out in this movie. I mean, Snape is a villain <laughs> all of Harry Potter, and turns out in the end. You know he's he he's has a total redemption arc and he's not. Whoa, spoiler, whoa, spoiler, whoa. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert! Um, <laughs> we haven't even watched the first Harry Potter yet on this podcast. <laughs> so, we hey, do you guys want to do some Harry Potter movies? I haven't watched the last four of them. Woohoo! Yeah, Whew. that might be a, that that that's probably a Christmas time, Christmas season. Something Christmassy about those movies. Something Christmassy. So, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, sorry, Alex, you were talking about how Miranda Priestly is Snape. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it, it, it's Snape. It, it, Snape, another classic example of a, of a hurt person hurting someone. I know there's reasons people are villains, um, and there's reasons for the things they do. But if I mean, just, just so I, I I saw her as a villain who has a turn at the end, you know, but it, it, you beg the question, like if, if she isn't, who is the antagonist in this movie? If not her, mm-hmm. like you could, you could argue this, this Christian fellow, we didn't really talk about him much, but he plays a pretty huge role in this movie. As yeah, far as a, he is a little boring. Mm-hmm. He attempting, tempting Andy away from Nate and also sort of being involved in the machinations behind the scenes of this mm-hmm. sort of takeover of American runway right um as if not her then yeah it's like is it that guy is it is it just the fashion industry is it is it work obsessed with work is the villain i don't know um i think uh touching on christian i i'd love to um i think now's the time for us to hand out some dundies uh, yes, for this movie it. Uh, um, and Dundies I'll start. Course, yeah, wait, wait, hold on. Dundee's, of course, uh, is an homage to our other podcast, the Michael Scott Podcast Company, which you can find where we get your podcasts. Uh, a tie to our office show. Um, so every episode, we give out some Dundee's for different things that we liked or didn't like in the movie. So, Sean, take it away, please. Yeah, I'm going to give the <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the cowardly lion uh, award to uh, to Christian. Um, because he kind of looks like the cowardly lion. <laughs> put him up, put him up, and, and I and I'm gonna shout out my wife Ryan, who uh, who pointed that out while we were watching it just now. <laughs> oh, I can just picture the original. Like, it's the it's the it's the bushy original Wizard of Oz, blonde eyebrows. <laughs> yeah, he could have done it, <laughs> can man. You imagine I, if there was also like they also some... have the similar eyes. Yeah, do you think there was like a I cut bet he scene? can do the voice. There was a cut scene where Nate is talking about how her childhood crush was the cowardly lion. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have that would have explained everything. And the first time she sees Christian, he's just holding his tail in his hand, just to the side. <laughs> <laughs> twirling it <laughs> sitting at the bar <laughs> for, for our listeners Sean did a really really good invitation <laughs> over the camera <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, can I go next uh, yes I, I would yeah. like to give uh, the Dundee for best supporting dessert to that cupcake with a single candle that she brings in on Nate's birthday. Yeah. Yes. 
that yeah. she had she uh, walks in the in door the she lit it in the hallway <laughs> yes yeah. it survives a draft of a door yeah. opening yeah and exactly. and the candle stays lit the whole time i thought that was so funny and then yeah he goes to bed it's the most you know, unrealistic i know i'm going to bed <laughs> the best supporting dessert yeah very nice nice uh i'm gonna Alex. give it the dundee for the smoothest swingiest smooch award to the Whoa. scene in paris where andy is drunk and swinging around a light pole and right as she comes around christian just steps into a kiss i've never seen anything so smooth in my life i couldn't yeah. believe it i was like this yeah. guy's got moves for days is he pressuring a drunk woman yes has he orchestrated this entire yeah. thing to have power over her? Yes. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. But all that, my friends, pales in comparison <laughs> to how smooth that kiss was. Yeah. The best That's, thing he did all movie. In in reality, that definitely ends in a, in a bloody lip or a chipped tooth. Yeah, front teeth are clicking. Just to, to yeah. misjudge. <laughs> Coming in way too hot. The momentum. <laughs> they both are just knocked unconscious, and they're both just lying there on the bare streets. And then she'd still be late in the morning. Exactly. So the plot <laughs> yeah. would be the same. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. I wanted to give. Uh, I wanted to give a, a Dundee for Lil Devils to the twins, <laughs> to the Priestly twins. Oh yeah, dude. Those Some guys, those... shining. Shining they're, vibes. They're a couple of scoundrels. Yeah, and they uh, really are. I I enjoyed that. <laughs> like they really were one like those, one line. The away Siamese from a... cats from Lady and the Tramp, or you know any any other good uh, mischievous duo. Mm-hmm. Come play I, with us, Andy. I like this this theme that you have of comparing uh comparing characters and movies to fictional cats from other movies. It's <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Ah. Yeah. I didn't yeah. even realize I was doing it, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to keep on that. Yeah. Uh, 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 and let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and give the Mufasa award to Nigel, yeah. a.k.a. Stanley Tucci, mm-hmm. for wise advice. Oh, nice. When they're in Central Park, and he's like, she, he's like, everything the camera touches is your domain. Sure. <laughs> uh I would like to give the least convincing restaurant pitch award to uh, Christian, who uh, talks about that falafel restaurant that will change your life. I don't know, it will man. Change yeah. your life. Yeah, and she's In like Paris? falafel. Like, really? Yeah. I mean, hey, I, yeah. falafel is very, very good, but like, it just—I yeah. don't know. Okay, Wolf and Bear. <laughs> a, a shout out to Wolf and Bear in Portland. That's a that's a damn good waffle. Good falafel. Uh, falafel. But yeah, but it, you're literally in Paris. Like the best French restaurants in the entire world, and it's like that. It's the falafel place there is going to do it. Cool. <laughs> All right. I had uh, the um, I had the sad, sad emo boy award for Nate, but we already talked about that, so we can yeah. we for missing his both. <laughs> we're missing Nate's both day. <laughs> I'm gonna go to bed. <laughs> None of my friends came over. A lot of his lines are about how expensive food is. There are eight dollars with the Jarlsberg in the grilled cheese. Mm-hmm. I went to this place where it's five dollars a strawberry in there. Five dollars a strawberry. Oh yeah, five dollars yeah. a strawberry. Jesus Christ! Strawberry One of those places. What is he at Erewhon? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Well. Uh. 
well, any any final thoughts on the movie? Anything else you guys want to say? Yeah, we wrap uh, it up? if you're a Miranda, would you? Why would you? Why would you not want a maybe an onboarding day, some training for your assistants? Like, don't you want them to be good? She just starts right. yelling at names for it to have on the phone. It's like how should she, how could she possibly know? And mm-hmm. how many times did Emily say like, why do you not know that? And it's like. No one's fucking told her or showed her the phone system. Like, <laughs> could we get some orientation, please? Yeah. I can't stop yeah. imagining you there on the on your first day. <laughs> Dude, I would have been out of there so fast, man. And oh they're like, where are you God. going? Yeah. Um, oh, wait. One other thing I, I feel like we have to mention uh, that I really think doesn't age well in this movie, and, I, and I'm sorry to throw this in at the end, but like when she called, like Miranda calls her fat a couple times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think. I think. So. I mean, that's that's worth mentioning. I. I, I definitely like think back to like uh, Love Actually, right? Where like there, there's, there's also a, a a character in that movie where everyone's like, "Oh, you mean the the, the chubby yeah. girl?" And it's yeah. like, "Who are? Sorry, who are you talking about?" Exactly. But, <laughs> but I do think that it's worth noting here. That they are trying to say something about clearly Anne Hathaway is a, an extremely slender person, mm-hmm. but I think that there is supposed to be yeah. commentary here on the fact that the fashion industry would call someone who is definitely tall and slender short and fat, and uh, like the the author of the book, she she even um, has has said uh, before that that's like. Like she herself is tall and slender, but as soon as she started working at Vogue, she was the short fat girl. Like, I think I think there's a little bit of we are supposed to be like she's not fat. But, okay. you know, yes, as, sure. as Stanley Tucci says, a six is the new 14 and two is the new zero. So mm-hmm. um, but yes, that uh, definitely I mean, that whole idea of uh, is 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 definitely thankfully going out of style and it does, you know, mm-hmm. like it's even the fashion industry now is more, in, is uh, more inclusive. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, I do think it worked. It worked a little bit as, as commentary, but again, it's like, Anne Hathaway, come on, come on. Uh, come on. I guess, I come guess on. in closing or, you know, uh, I guess I, I, I like this movie more than, uh, even in our, our discussion helps me like it a little bit more, I think. Um, yeah, overall, I, I enjoyed it. When it was over, I didn't have that much to say about it. Or like, in, And I think that might be the mark of a good movie. Some extent that you can just kind of watch it, mm-hmm. enjoy it. Um, I mean, it isn't like... I guess we're going to give our ratings, I suppose. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I, maybe, I, maybe I expected a little more for a movie that has the, the reputation that it does. But uh, but overall, I liked it. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Edwin. I... I... You know, I I didn't love it. I did I, I did expect. I kind of thought it would there'd be a little more meat on the bone with the movie. Um, again, no, it's too sli- it's too slender for you. Too slender. <laughs> um, and uh, the last note I was going to mention is what the hell is she doing making the twin science project? Like poking the <laughs> making the planet display. What Dude, what, it, what what is going on? It is it, that and the and the paper mache volcano are the most. <laughs> like yeah anytime someone's doing a science project in a movie or a tv show that's what it it's is those. god i really wish yeah. it was like a big poster board and it said like will it sink or will it float <laughs> <laughs> or like yeah, this is how I you know, clean I, I mean, pennies <laughs> oh yeah yes <laughs> 
Uh, should we give ratings? Uh, I did a science the, project yeah. once where I, I I played I played different types of music for the same types of plants. Mm-hmm. You ever mm, do yeah. that one? See how oh, it yeah. affects how they grow. That's a good one. Did it? Did yep. did you did you find anything? Did you discover anything? Oh, I my 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 controls on that science experiment were so garbage. I had them all <laughs> over in different parts of the house at different temperatures. Didn't even think about that. Different light. But I was like, well, they can't hear the music from the other room, so I have to put them in different rooms. And oh, that one's getting a lot more light. Yeah, the one in the closet didn't grow, even though I played it a lot of Lincoln Park. (laughs) Yeah. I did play Lincoln Park for one of them. I did play Lincoln Park. Of course you did. I had had a Lincoln Park CD. Uh, That's good. One step closer to the edge. Mm -hmm. Uh, um... (laughs) Should we give give ratings? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I've been really easy on movies lately. But I have to give Devil Wears Prada a, a five star review. Whoa! Um, so, I mean, I, nice. I for me a five star movie is is a great movie that I think everybody's got to watch. I I love this movie. Like I said, I, I don't I don't think there's a lot of filler here. I feel like this movie is uh, the perfect perfect length, perfect pace, incredible performances from from Meryl Streep and Stanley Tucci and Emily Blunt and Anne Hathaway did a pretty good job. And um, I think uh, you know the world building of the of the fashion industry is um, so carefully researched and. Uh, you know, and also presented in a satirical way, but I think they did a really good job of um, of creating that environment and making it believable, and uh, and and not like too corny. And again, that's I think that's really thanks to uh, uh, Patricia Field. And um, and I didn't get to say uh, much about David Frankel directing it, but I think you know, thinking about Entourage and what makes that show great is kind of this like, ah, you kind of wish you're there with them a little bit. And the way they're like, they're always walking into the, you know, the Rolls Royce dealership together or something like that. It it has that energy. I think like the energy is matched. uh, And, and there's a, there's a lot of escapism in this movie. um, Mm -hmm. uh, Even though, you know, it's a kind of a nightmare situation (laughs) for a lot of the time. Um, I, uh, I I think this is, I, I recommend this movie to everyone. And I and I think uh, I think nice. uh, it's it's a great movie. Uh, I think if we're going to continue with the rating on different scales, to me, I would give this movie a seven out of ten. Uh, I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I didn't think it was particularly like remarkable in any sort of way. I'm not trying to say that as like a big critique, but like it just doesn't. To me, it doesn't stand out so much. It's a I, it's a good movie, and I enjoyed it. Uh, if like as an example, like. You guys know this, that like I am bad at keeping up with movies at the time that they are released. And a lot of times I'll watch a movie way after the fact. And I'll be like, hey, I want to talk about it right now. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you guys are like, oh, okay. If I watched this yeah. movie on a plane, which is often when those watches happen, and I got off the plane, I probably wouldn't run to tell you about it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But overall, pretty, I enjoyed it. it. Took me back to 06. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's actually that's a good scale, Edwin. You mentioned the plane. I'm almost like, is it like, watch it if it's watch it if it's like free on streaming, pay to rent it on Amazon, watch it on a plane, 
see it second run theater or see it opening weekend in theater. Like, like there's mm-hmm. where where would you watch this movie? Is it is one uh, rating scale? I'll, maybe I'll maybe I'll flesh that out more for the next episode. S tier is I, uh, I you kinda... have to watch it for a podcast. If you, yeah, uh, I was I was gonna go like a six point one, six point two out of ten for me, um, above average. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm probably not gonna see it again unless I'm with people that really do. In which case, I would, and maybe I'll like it more. Maybe I'll like it more. Maybe now that my expectations have changed, um, yeah, I could go out I could and get yourself some Prada. It, so. See how it feels. You know what? I, maybe I need to be more open minded. Maybe I need to give fashion a chance, guys. Oh About time God. someone fashion did. Show. Fashion show. Fashion show. Anyway, fashion show. Fashion thank show. Thank you, Sean. At lunch. Thank you for thank you for hosting. Yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. Uh, oddly enough, it was it was uh, Alex and Edwin who suggested this movie as a movie they'd never seen before, and as um, mm-hmm. I was super excited uh, when they brought that up. Uh, I loved watching it again. I loved going over it. If you have anything listening at home, if you have anything to say about the Devil Wears Prada, tell us by emailing us at captiveaudiencepod at gmail.com. Again, that's captiveaudiencepod at gmail.com. Mm. Uh, we, uh, I don't, th- we are still working out our uh, schedule for movies to come, but I think we're going to start playing around with um, some sort of series ideas, uh, sort of like, uh, it was really fun to do Terminator 1 and 2, but maybe we're going to start playing around with sort of grouping um, directors or, or things like that. So mm-hmm. um, if you have suggestions for things like that, you certainly should send them to us. Uh, but, uh, yeah, keep, uh, keep an ear out for those episodes coming soon. Thanks for listening. Yeah, uh, if I'm... you enjoyed the show, please rate and review it. Helps us, helps people find the show. Um, appreciate everyone who's listening and joining us as we, uh, get going on this podcast. Uh, I think this is what, episode five. So, uh, it's been very fun to, uh, to embark on this yeah. podcast, uh, with you guys, but so just thanks for everyone listening and, uh, we'll see you in the next one. That's all. Adios. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.